My name is Xavier Walker. I'm in ninth grade. I'm 15, and I am a student at New Road School. Uh, I remember we were playing a f not Father's Day. It was a summer tournament. It was a summer summer tournament, and we have like a multiple tournaments throughout the throughout the summer. And I remember one of them. It was a championship game, and it was two outs, bases loaded. I was up to hit, and it was the bottom of the seventh, last at bat, and was tied. I was, I, I just like dream of this stuff, <laughs> and I came up to the plate, but I stepped out of the box, and I looked at my dad, and he just like told me words of encouragement, and I stepped back in, and I was there, I was just ready, and I've never been like that ready in my entire life, just like game time ready, ready for like that one swing big moment, and first pitch was a ball, I was like, okay, let me breathe, because <laughs> so I was like really jittery, and then that second pitch, it was like a T, it came down the middle and hit an absolute bomb to right center and I scored two runs to win the game. And that just, I mean, my team was coming after me, they were tackling me, all that, and they spraying water at me. It was just, it was a huge moment, like one of the best moments I could ever remember from when I was younger playing travel ball. From New Road School in Santa Monica, California, this is Village Voices, intergenerational conversations that cultivate an expanding curiosity about the world and its people. This is episode three, Summer Memories. Hi, my name is Noel and I'm in first grade and my favorite summer memory was when it was my birthday and um when when and when I went to the beach with my mommy and daddy and when I went to Palm Springs and and I have lots of summer memories that um I I can't fit them all in for my friends. My name is Juliana. I'm in first grade, and my favorite summer memory was when my brother's baby shower. We played lots of games, and it was really fun. And we and one of my favorite games was putting, um, giving food to the baby. And I had to close my eyes. Why? Because it's like a paper and then I, I had the spoon, but a paper spoon and then I just tried to put it in his mouth. My favorite summer memory is when I went to Hawaii with my family and 
I, with my dad, I climbed to the top of Diamond Head and we saw Mongoose and then we went all the way back down. I'm Sarah, and I am the uh, one of the English teachers in the high school, and I also teach mysteries. So I used to teach full-time summer school at a different school in Hancock Park um, until my children were five and two, and that's when I stopped teaching during the summer, and that's when I started really um, embracing time off. So what I do in the summer is absolutely nothing. Um, and by that I mean I do absolutely nothing. And when my kids were little, that meant we would, you know, empty the refrigerator into a cooler and go to the beach until the sun went down, day after day after day until we got tired of that. We could go to the park as my kids got older and have their own things going on. For me, I just, um, I don't email, I don't go on my computer. I'm not a big phone person. So I really check out. And I think when you think about summer, um, or when I think about summer, just seasonally, it is really a season for, I think, like rejuvenation or kind of letting things germinate and marinate. I feel like being a teacher, you know, September to June is so intense. It always takes me a few weeks for my mind to settle down and then not having any schedule and doing whatever I want um, on my own time or if I'm sharing that with my children um, it's just the best it is incredible and I think it's a really necessary space to be in and I've always encouraged it in my children um, especially this day and age because they just can't just get a break mentally from things I've just had so many experiences with my friends that I didn't, I wasn't sure if I was going to have when I came here um, that have just kind of made my teenhood just so wonderful and, and lovely to look back on. I'm Asher, I'm a junior at New Roads. Um, and I came here in ninth grade. Um, so um, during last summer, there was one memory that I actually written a short story about just because I love this memory so much, um, was with my same group of people. I guess I will introduce you to them. It's Gus, Jack, Cy, Dominic, Julia, and Isaiah. And so our little group we had all gone camping at Leo Korea, which is just a little bit north of here. And um, Gus had his car and we drove down the PCH and kind of c 
curved off into these little side streets. So then we eventually just found this little pathway that went down to this cove area where no one was at. Um, and we took all of our stuff and we walked down there. And Gus is, I think, the most uh, spontaneous one of the group. This time, it was really cold. So it was the beginning of summer. Um, the water hadn't warmed up yet. So it was freezing and it was kind of a little bit overcast that day. It was kind of fading in between sunny and cloudy. So it wasn't particularly hot outside, but Gus climbed up on this rock on the beach and then pointed out to these other rocks out on the beach. He's like, we should go swim to those. And then we were like, what? Why would we ever do that? Like we had felt the water and it was freezing cold. And and then he just took off his shirt and he was in his swim chunks and he just ran to the water. And then me and my friend Julia both looked at each other and then she's like on the count of three. And then she counted down from three. And then at one, we just ran as fast as we could. So I didn't really get a, a chance to regret my decision until it was too late because it was so freezing and I'm sure if there were people watching, there was actually a guy that had seen us and he came down and he's like, it's so cold, I can't believe you guys went in. And we are like, well, yeah. And um, anyways, we swam out to these little rocks that were propped just, you know, close to the shore, but maybe like, uh, you know, 20 yards or something. It wasn't extremely far, but it felt like it <laughs> when, when we were swimming. And I was like, shaking and waves were coming and pushing us and the rocks were covered in these uh, clams so it was sharp and Isaiah cut himself a few times actually and ruined Jack's towel because he wiped off the blood with it but eventually a wave came and I like used the leverage of that to get up on the rock and then because I had been so cold before even though it wasn't much warmer outside i felt so warm because of the temperature difference i guess since the water was so cold and then my body temperature had gone down and when i got out I, it was like the most euphoric feeling ever so i get why people do ice baths now because it makes more sense to me but it's just like this overwhelming feeling of warmth even though there was like wind and it wasn't really sunny outside That was, I think, my all-time favorite memory from summer. I'm not sure why, but I just love to think about it a lot, and which is why I wrote a short story about it for my English class, just because it was just like this wonderful experience that I just felt so like happy. And yeah, that, that's that. So I'm Jared Phillips. I am a biology teacher here at New Roads. Um, this is actually my first year teaching here. This is the summer of 2016. So this was actually the summer, let's see, after my first year teaching. 
Um, and so a bunch of friends of mine um, and I decided to go to Southeast Asia for the summer. Um, so we were there for about six weeks. We went to Thailand, Cambodia, and then this story is actually from Myanmar. Um, we went to, there are like three main locations in Myanmar where you go. Um, and we went to um, one that was called Inlay Lake. So it's like this really cool lake um, that has like floating gardens and like villages all along it. And you like rent boats and it's, it's fun. Anyway, we decided to do a bike ride around the lake. And um, so at this point, some of our friends had to go back to work. So there were only three of us where we rented bikes and we're biking. So this is in rural Myanmar, pretty impoverished, like just very out there. And so we're riding a bike around the lake. And we get to like um, a T intersection and we're stopped and we're trying to figure out, do we go left or right? And, and so there is um, there there's like um, somebody on a motorcycle and then like and there, like people will just like find somebody with a motorcycle and just pay them a little money and get a ride home, um, which they do in a lot of countries. But um, there's like this old lady with all her groceries and she's on the back of this motorcycle and you see her going by on the motorcycle this guy you know and i guess she's paid him so they can give her a ride there's another guy with a motorcycle or a motorbike i guess um coming behind them and he doesn't ring his like horn or his little bell to let them know that he's about to pass and so he just kind of comes up and like he hits them and we're just standing at this intersection like off our bikes like like just watching this and like, I just remember, it seemed like it was in slow motion because it was like, so the old woman goes flying through the air. And, like, they, I remember the, mo the guy on the motorcycle, the bike just fell, and he, like, fell underneath it. But the old lady, she went flying in the air. But the, and so, like, I was super concerned about her. And so we're just, like, standing here at this intersection, like, oh, my God, like, wow, like, what is this? Um, and so, <laughs> wow, the... So we run over to the older woman first to see how she's doing. She's just fine. She, like, she just gets up. She grabs her bags, and she's, like, furious. The guy on the motorcycle takes him a little longer, but he gets up, whatever. He's cool. The problem is the guy who actually hit them. He's just lying there in the middle of the road, like, not moving, nothing. We're like, uh, okay, what do we do? And so my friends, this is so dumb of us, but we didn't really know, <laughs> like, who do you call? Like, what's 911? Like, we don't have any idea what's going on, which is not a good idea. I guess you should be more prepared than that. But um, we had no idea. And so my friends, they had um, data. I didn't get a SIM card. I think it was too cheap or something. Um, and so they were, like, just, like, trying to figure out how do we, like, call? Who do we call? Whatever. They're just calling numbers. No one's answering. Meanwhile, I'm with the guy who's on the ground. And the, um, the guy in the motorcycle and the old woman are over there with the guy. And the old woman is just yelling at this man who's passed out. Like, she's just furious. She's <laughs> just yelling. And the guy on the motorcycle, he picks up the guy, right? Like, he puts his arms underneath. The guy's unconscious. Puts his arms underneath the guy's arms and just starts bouncing him around. And so I say, no, no, no. I'm yelling, like, no, you can't do that. No. And so he, like, stops for a second. He looks at me. And like he's thinking about what I'm saying, and then he just goes back to bouncing the guy. And I'm like, oh my, if this guy's back, his neck is broken, like he's done for. So then, 
So I'm just like, no, you can't do that. Like, whatever. So he stops doing that and instead switches to slapping the man. Starts slapping the man repeatedly across the face. And he's yelling. I guess he's saying, like, wake up or something. <laughs> I don't know. And he's just slapping him so hard. And I'm just like, what is this? This is crazy. I said, no, you can't do that. <laughs> My friends are trying to call, whatever. So this guy is there. Now, at this point, there's like a little village at this intersection. And so uh, the villagers come out, and there is like a nice little crowd now at this point. And so they put the guy back on the ground. A tourist couple happens to come behind us, also on bikes. And we're like, we need a doctor, like something. We need help for this guy. And so the woman says, doctor, doctor, yes. And she points to her husband, I guess it was, or whatever. And so he pulls up, um, and he looks at him, and he shrugs. And just shakes his head, and they get back on the bikes and ride off. And I'm just saying, like, this can't be real. This man is, like, just lying on the ground, like, unconscious or whatever. So now some of the villagers have started slapping him again. And this time he, he does come conscious again. And it was like nothing happened. Like, he's like, he's like oh, oh, okay. Wow, that was crazy. And that was it. I don't know what he said, but he said some words. I assume that's what he said. That was crazy. But he said some words and, like, just got up. And they walked over to, like, a little, like, lean-to shed. And that was the end of that. And so we got on our bikes and rode back off, just kept going around the lake. Surreal. Crazy, yes. It was like, what? It was so stressful in the moment. And I'm just like, this man, like, oh, my gosh. And, like, them slapping him. And I'm just like, the truck. I tried to get the truck, and it didn't work, but. Today's episode featured Xavier Walker, Sarah Hammerman, Jared Phillips, Asher, and first grade students Veer, Nala, and Juliana. Original music by New Roads student Isaiah Brody and New Roads teacher Ruben Ramos. Production by me, Dan Carney. I'm also the 8th grade history teacher here at New Roads. Join us when school kicks off in August for Season 2 and more voices from the village of New Roads School.